find the baller. My life is more than money and jewelry. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from playing sports to exotic whips. Ain't gotta tell me, dog. I know I'm the shit behind the baller. My life is more than money and jewelry. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from music exec to this podcast. Now I finally feel at home and left behind the baller. Yo, yo, what up, y'all? You are listening to the world famous Behind the Baller podcast. This is a excellent, glorious Monday morning. I <laughs> I might have lost my voice. I didn't get very much sleep last night. But yo, um, yeah, I am your host, Ben Baller, not Ben Humble, aka the Wash Lord, aka the Super Bowl Bet Champion, aka Back Nine Ben. This show is brought to you by the one and only the Dust Brothers, Miles Davis and Jordan Winter. Yes, it is. I'm a little bit I'm disoriented. It is early in the morning. Guys, let's cut the bullshit. Let's get started into the show. You hear the music. Let's go. Guys, we're going to just address the current and then we'll go back. I know we didn't have an episode on Thursday. I was in Las Vegas, but peep game. As much as I want to scream on this mic right now, okay, I'm going to keep it 110. 40% of my fan base are 49er fans. And it might even be more. And understand it's all love, okay? The part that kills me inside is that Miles Davis, yes, one half of the Dust Brothers, my producer, he is a diehard San Francisco 49er fan. So sometimes when I finally get a moment of clarity, I look back and I'm like, damn, do you have any idea the pain that this man is going through. And, and, and real 49er fans, I ain't talking about the ones that never lived anywhere near the Bay. Okay? People talking about cringe and this and that. Nah, dog, that's corny. I don't want to hear about any other people that whatever. And if you don't know the background story with me in Seattle, then you would never understand. Okay? Have some sort of connection, some sort of tie to the city, some sort of something. Right? If there is a team in your area, I, I just can't, I, I can't understand it. Like if you're from Tampa Bay and you're born and raised there and, and you just, that's weird to me, bro. That's weird energy. I understand sometimes, you know what I mean? With like how big the Lakers fan base is, how big the Yankees fan base is, how big the Dallas Cowboys fan base is. But the Niners shit is just weird. And it's a lot of new fans, young fans here and there. And bro, it's like, we're almost on 20 years without a ring, man. Is it 20? Is it 2005? No, I'm sorry. My bad. We're on 25 years without a ring. It's crazy. But let's start with that because it's so big and there's so much that I got to tell you because I had such an amazing week. First of all, every year I've had a massive Super Bowl party, always have family you know, over chilling. Obviously, a lot has changed, right? And the crazy part is, last year, um, the Niners lost on my birthday in the playoffs. It was a great birthday present, right? Great 50th birthday present. 
And what I don't think a lot of you guys understand is um, making comments about my ex is not going to affect me. Like if you want to say something like, you have to understand me as a person. People have been trying to expose me for 20 years. And understand this. Nobody is jealous of losers. That is an ice cold fact from my man Ice-T. Nobody is jealous of losers. People are only jealous of motherfuckers who are winning. Period. Okay. Me and my ex broke up over a year ago. I give zero care about any of that. I don't think about it. It's nothing. If there wasn't other issues that were going on, it, man, I don't think I'd speak for it just because she's still the mother of my children. And, and the funny thing is, Ryder's going to come on here in a little bit. Um, he's brushing his teeth right now, and it's early in the morning. But guys, think of something that would actually hurt me, and there isn't anything that could. There are opinions. It's fine. Don't care. I know for a fact that London's a beautiful son. He's handsome, writer, charismatic, beautiful kid, very good looking, very outgoing, smart, genius, just like London. Kaya, precious, beautiful. I'm blessed with a great family. Other than that, don't give a shit about anything else. My Yang Gang is unstoppable. And we're going, this year is just a different year. I know it's fucked up for other people, but that's why I try to tell you guys, I try to give you guys the ways to get over these obstacles. But back to the Super Bowl. I wasn't worried when we were 10 and 0. I was worried when the way the game was going, that there were no, you know, there was just no offense. It was all defense. And when um, my man, 32, I forgot, uh, when he was getting pulled on by, I think, Ayuk or one of them, and then he hit the dude back and got that penalty that set up the first score, I was upset. I was like, look, y'all, this is cornball activity. This is stupid. No score in the first quarter, and then you do that shit, that weak-ass shit to set shit up, as much as I didn't like Brady, I gave him his flowers after he had already left New England. So what I'm going to say is, Mahomes, if you look at the stats and everything else, this dude has accomplished more Super Bowl and playoff wins than Brady has at the age of 30. And he's not even 30 yet. So, look, I already knew what time it was. I would have never laid down a bet that big. I have not cashed out by my bookie account, and I said, you know what, fuck this, I'm going in. And let me tell you, it was a hell of a game. I was having anxiety attacks, I was tripping, and the fact that they got it all the way down to the last few seconds, tie it up, we go to OT, and I'm like, all right, Niners get a field goal, they run it up and down the defense, looks like the defense is tired, Chiefs defense is tired, exhausted, and then they only get a field goal. Then on the second series, Mahomes got fourth and one. And I'm like, yo, this is it right here. That's it. That's 200 bands down the drain. Right? Just stupid. And he pulls out, quarterback sneak, boom. And then all kinds of shit happens. And what did I say a few weeks ago? And I've said it several times in the show. Those who know how to win 
are going to win. Period. Point blank. Okay? And that's it. And that's final. Real quick, the halftime show, thought it was energetic, thought it was good, thought it was top 10. The way people were gassing up Usher saying it was the best show ever, better than MJ, better than Prince, when he made the rain come down, the purple rain, nah, no. I'll be honest with you, with the exception of 50 Cent kind of messing up and Mary Jane not really bringing it, I like Dr. Dre's show. I know it's Atlanta, I'm an Usher fan. It was cool. Commercials this year, Eh, the one, um, the Christopher Walken commercial, that was cool. But you know already, in almost 20 years of making jewelry, I have never had a Super Bowl commercial. That's like one of the very few things that I haven't been able to do. So I will say, seeing my work and my brand name, IF and Co., on Eminem's almost championship ring with Dan Marino in the commercial and Scarlett Johansson, that was a big milestone. That was dope as fuck. So that was huge. So there was two W's, Eminem's ring, biggest bet ever. It was an exciting game. I almost had a heart attack and I really don't know what to say. That was just great. And congratulations to uh, my dog, Travis Kelsey, Kansas City Chiefs. Ain't no damn script. You ain't gonna get a script down to that part, period. It's people crying, it's people doing too much, and you gotta stop the cap. There was few penalties. They were even arguing about certain calls. Um, that last call, I forgot, I don't even know how to pronounce dude's name. The Sizerac dude, whatever, 44 running back, uh, fullback. I've always forgot his name. I never knew how to pronounce it, but that catch was could have been up for question. You know, it was all kinds of little stupid shit. But at the end of the day, Patrick Mahomes played very perfect. Now, will the Niners go back? Probably. I just think they're cursed. Do they get rid of Shanahan? I don't know. Brock Purdy showed a lot of tenacity. He's a good quarterback. Again, they have a turnkey offense. It's just ready to go. But anyways, I ain't going to get too much into it. It was an amazing week and um my son writer just finished brushing his teeth and he's walking in here writer sit down hello what's up right right hi dad <laughs> hello hey, did you have a good weekend uh it was okay it was okay because it was it, it was super short yeah well you got to hang out with daddy though right yeah okay you got to have your favorite snacks, right? Uh-huh. What was your favorite meal of uh, this weekend? Um, the Dave & Buster's chocolate cake. That was your favorite meal of the weekend? Uh-huh. That's it? Yeah. Okay, let me ask you a question, Ryder. How is Daddy's cooking so far? Do you like Daddy's spaghetti? It's good, but your waffles, I don't really like. They're, they're okay. Do you like the pancakes better or the waffles better? Pancakes. The pancakes I make are better? Mm-hmm. Okay, what about the chicken sandwich? Is that good? Yeah. Okay, what about the, the mac and cheese? I How like the mac, the mac and cheese is pretty good, too. Okay. So what's your favorite video game right now, Ryder? Um, Gorilla Tag. On the Oculus? Uh-huh. Okay, would you say on a 1 to 10, how good are you at that game? I'm like a 7.9. 
7.9? Is how good I am, probably. Okay, so you're lit. Okay. So what's your favorite subject in school right now? Uh, all of them are suck. <laughs> what's the one that you, you, don't, you don't like any subjects in school? Not really. Does recess count? Okay, recess. What about lunch? Lunch. What about PE? PE. You like PE? Uh-huh. I like computer class. I like science a bit. Okay, of. well, what kind of sports do you like? Football. Yeah, and well, who won the Super Bowl? The Chiefs. Yeah, and we were happy, right? Yeah. Do you hear Daddy going crazy? You hear me screaming? Yeah, you're screaming so loud. <laughs> okay, well, next Monday you have no school. You got President's Day. Are you looking forward to uh, the mommy-son dance that that mom's going to take you to? When? It's like in three weeks, I think, or four weeks. Uh, I don't know. I didn't know. You don't remember when mommy took you to the um, mommy-son dance? Mm-hmm. And you didn't dance at all, remember? I kind of did, but I didn't want to. Okay, so are you excited for it? Mm, yeah. Not really? Kind of, yeah. Okay, what are you excited for coming up in this year? Halloween. Halloween? You're not excited for summer vacation? You're not excited for spring break? Summer, spring. Okay, where do you want where do you want daddy to take you for spring break? Florida. Florida? Uh-huh. Okay. We go we going to Legoland? We going to, to Disney World? Uh-huh. Okay, okay. What movies are you looking forward to this summer? The Garfield movie. There's a Garfield movie coming out? Yeah, there's an animated one coming out right after my birthday. Okay, what else? There's a big movie coming out this summer. Uh, The Planet of the Apes. Yeah, that's going to be a big one. We're going to see it in IMAX, right? Uh-huh. Okay. Is there anything else? I don't... I think that's it. Okay. Do you like any girls in your class, Ryder? No. What? No. You don't like any girls? No. None? No. Okay. So give me, tell me your best friend's name. Uh, I have multiple. Okay, tell me your best friend's name. Yeah, but I have multiple. All right, name them. All, all of them? Mm-hmm. Uh, Lucas, Charlie, Cameron, um, who else do I have? Austin. Okay, that's enough. Do you have a name for your crew? No. You guys don't have a name? You guys are always on FaceTime. But, um, when we played football against the other kids, we called ourselves we called ourselves the little midgets, but I don't think that's really our crew name. Okay. Yeah, you're not really a midget, Ryder. You're you're pretty you're you're, you're 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 a good sized boy. So let me ask you, Ryder, what's what's your favorite thing to do with dad? Favorite game to do with you? No, just favorite thing to do with dad. What's your oh. favorite thing that we do? Oh, when you take us on trips. Can we take you on trips? Okay. What's your most favorite restaurant that daddy's ever taken you to? I don't know. What's like a what's a place you ate at anywhere in the world? Uh, what about Masubi Cafe in Hawaii? You didn't like that? The what? Masubi Cafe in Hawaii. Did you like oh, that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. That was good? Karage. And Karage was good, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Is there any, anything else you want to say before I, we, we, we go to commercial? Uh oh oh yeah yeah yeah. Um, what do you want to say? Make sure to to um 
watch uh, my dad's other podcasts. <laughs> All right, Ryder. I love you very much. Okay, get ready for school. Okay, me too. Okay. Bye. Uh, we're going to take a quick, real, real quick break. I know we don't usually take a break until about 25, 30 minutes, but I'm going to take a quick, real quick break and uh, make sure they're good. So, because it's early as hell in the morning right now, he shouldn't even be up. I'll be right back, y'all. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I'm really proud of the relationships I've built in my life. Ones with family, with friends, with business partners, with sponsors, and so many more. All relationships take care and nurturing. A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right. But sometimes the best ones happen when both people put in the work to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all of your relationships, whether with friends, work, or your significant other, or anyone. But what about the relationship with yourself? Are you doing the work to nurture your own mind? Become the best version of yourself? Become the best version of yourself with BetterHelp. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate whether you're looking for one or not. Visit betterhelp.com slash baller today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash baller. Yo, so we're back, man. Um, Ryder was up. Uh, Kaya's still sleeping, and so is London. And I wanted to get into something real quick I've been talking about over the weekend, right? I've been bringing it up. And it's if we told the truth about the people that we don't like or the people that we hate, the world would truly be a different place. Meaning, I don't want someone who I don't like not to get fair treatment. I'm not going to go out of my way, right, and ruin my shit to make sure. But what I'm saying is it's not something I, I, I would celebrate and I don't care. I ain't talking about football teams and shit like that. I'm talking about someone like... I had a falling out with someone. If me and Jimmy were to fall out, if me and my cousin were to fall out, me and my other boys were to fall out, and someone was spreading a lie about them, nah, I'm going to say something. I'm going to check them. When a lie is told about someone you don't like and you're okay with that, you're the problem. And what I mean is, just because I sit around and joke and talk shit about the president, I've never been a huge fan of the presidents, any of them. Jimmy Carter, Ronald Reagan, you know, um, George Bush and George Bush Sr., Barack, whatever, Joe Biden, for damn sure. I've never really liked any of the presidents. But as far as some of the conversations I've had with some people, you know, it is what it is. And I want you guys to really understand, one, the word hate is a really strong word. I make mistakes. Hate is a powerful word. You should try to really not use that word in life, right? It's negativity. People oh, you're a hater. Da, da, da. No, no, dog. No, I'm not. I call it as I see it, and I give back the same energy as motherfuckers give me, right? Don't get mad at me because I'm calling out unfairness some side, and the side I rock with too, by the way, that did me dirty. And I come back and retaliate 
And you want to be mad at me? Nah, that ain't how it works. Now what I'm saying is, you hate someone? Okay, cool. The word hate is a strong word. All I'm saying is, you can say you don't like that person. Or you don't like something. If you hate something, like I hate black jelly beans and I hate black licorice, okay, that's different. It's not got no feelings or nothing. Another person, say you don't like them. Promise you, your life will change. But what I'm trying to get into is, I'm calling shit out on me, on my family, my homies, my enemies. I will not allow y'all to tell me that it's nice outside when I know it's raining. Now, some people like the rain. You say you bring the positive part out of it. We need the rain. It's good for the country. Yes and no. Because there was really bad flooding last week. All throughout last week, flooding was horrible. Shit was fucking up people's cribs here and there. Look, this ain't no mental toughness, fake 57, turn lemons into lemonade positivity type talk shit. This is shit ain't sweet on a diabetic scale type shit. All right? It's a lot of people out there trying to make two plus two equals six, and I ain't having it. Do you understand what I'm trying to say to you? I'm keeping a 100,000% for real, for real. And what I'm getting at is, I call it as I see it. So I see motherfuckers shaking hands, and I know that they only shaking hands because that person's their boss. I understand that. They got to have a job. They got to work. But if you kicking it with somebody just because there's an opportunity and you bad-mouthing that person when they're gone, it's really true about what people say. It's more important how you see your friends speak about you behind your back. People that around me, I'm going to keep it a buck. I don't really think people really know who really rocks me, who doesn't, because I don't necessarily talk about them so much for the fact that I don't want them bothered. I know when people talk to my cousin, he bigs me up a lot more. And I'd say in, she was born in 76, so he's 48. Well, he's almost 48. I think me and him have got into it three times in 48 fucking years of living. Okay? Me and Homicide, we didn't got into it a bunch of times. I think some of the things that Homicide have said about me that people might take in a negative light, I feel like it was shit that was true. Or he didn't know the whole situation. When it comes to Popeye, Popeye's only known me for... for... shit. God damn. Me and Popeye are working on eight years. Popeye puts me maybe too much on a pedestal sometimes. But he knows me. Me and Jordan. Jordan Winter. We'll get in arguments about little things here and there. And if there's something that I say, something he don't agree with, he will say it right then and there. Because he will stay even keel. And I respect that. But I just wanted to get into that real quick. Because today's show is a little different. I'm celebrating. About to play a round of golf. By the time you are listening to this, I will probably be almost done with my round. And uh, speaking of golf, you know, the Waste Management Phoenix Open, which is the PGA Tour. I went last year. It was my first time. It was a lot of fun. 
I was obviously going through a lot of shit then. Uh, it was really early February. We are kind of almost in the middle of February right now. And it was a tough time, I ain't gonna lie to you. But I was out there and I had a good time. So to see how that shit goes now, that tournament has turned into a shit show. And it ain't just me. I'm telling y'all what I'm seeing from PGA players telling me directly. They've spoke their mind publicly on Twitter, everything else. Motherfuckers is getting absolutely drunk. Shit is getting crazy. But the more important thing is they almost didn't finish another event. Now, if you know, Pebble Beach was, was canceled due to bad weather. And I think I talked about that then. And then this is a big event. This is a featured event, right? This is a massive event. This is the people's major, okay? And I was supposed to be there because Good Good asked me to play their tournament. And I heard it was a huge success. I haven't had a chance to watch it. I haven't listened to any podcast. I haven't watched anything. The only thing I watched, we're talking about in a little bit, was because I was in Vegas. And I know, again, people saw my name on a flyer. They were like, yo, what happened? Blah, blah, whatever. Let me address a few things real quick. Being good, good art. Good, good. Garrett, all them, that's my, that's my fam. Those are my peoples. Okay? I love those motherfuckers. Number two, me and Malvin are good. Now, as far as part three, I separated myself from the show. I didn't separate myself from them per se. In fact, Malvin has an event tomorrow night on Melrose at his store. You know I'm pulling up. So if you're in LA, pull up. Weather's good. I'm going to go out there, represent and show my love. You know what I'm saying? But people think that I'm hating on the PGA Tour, and that ain't it. I'm just saying there's some people out there that are hating on me. And all I got to say is 2024. Censorship has been an issue since the 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s. We in the 2020s right now. So when I experience motherfuckers hating on me, yeah, of course it's a problem. I'm not trying to deal with that bullshit. That's crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, nah. So for me to be uninvited to the Genesis Pro-Am, I'm going to say something about it. Now, I think if people are smart, it's deeper than just things because some of these events are directly sponsored by something. If you do a little bit more digging, and now I'm giving you guys too much. It's kind of easy to figure out why I was uninvited. I'm still going to pull up. I got a business that I got to take care of. But more importantly, let's get into Las Vegas. Once again, I was flown out. Best of the best. Get to Vegas. I'm immediately greeted by a live driver. Okay. I'm in a brand new Navigator. All they have is Navigators, Suburbans, you know, new SUVs, the whole nine. And immediately go straight to Las Vegas Country Club because I literally went to Vegas as soon as I dropped off my kids at school. Now, the hardest thing about dropping my kids off at school was that Ryder was having a hard morning that morning. Thing is, I have to work. I got to pay bills. I got to start earning and I got to do stuff. And I've had a great month but I got to keep this momentum going. Now, nothing is more important than family. I love my kids more than anything in the world. 
but Ryder was having a difficult morning. And I had to get with Nicolette and co-parent and do certain things. So that was really, really, really tough. And the entire time I was on the plane, all I could think about was Ryder. And in the back of my mind, it was killing me. Because he's going through a trying time right now. And I want him to understand that I, I love him. And he needs to know that. And I know deep down inside, I, he knows. But at the same time, I do spoil my kids. I give them everything, you know, pretty much that they want. I limit certain things. And I do, you know, give them structure. And Nick's really good at that too. But as soon as I landed, I was like, I'm here to handle business. Right? So I get to Las Vegas Country Club. And immediately, it's time to work. Right? There's a player's luncheon. Luncheon was lit. Soon as I walk in, literally the moment I walk in, I see Kevin Na, I see John Rom, both of them give me a big ass hug. I start walking into the prime of player suite, sitting down, having salmon, fucking lamb, what was it? Um, what the fuck? Chicken marsala, rice, any drink I want. There's a snack bar, there's motherfucking trail mix, MMs, Snickers, cookies, candy every drink I could want, any liquor I could think of. And on top of that, there's Oakley Shades. There's this leather thing going on. Pro V1's being gifted to me. The Betonardi tour bus is there. The Lab Putter tour bus is there. The uh, um, LA Golf tour bus is there. I sit down, chill out, eat, kicking it, and um, walk around, do some interviews, see my boy Ian Poulter, legendary, you know what I'm saying, British golfer. Won the Ryder Cup, won a bunch of tour events. And I'm sitting, chilling, and I'm there until I don't know what time, right? Then I get back to my hotel, meet up with my boy Mo. Mo flew in from, from Chicago. He's a big dog out in the Windy City. And uh, we sit down and we have Nobu. Now, mind you, I've had a crazy lunch. I've been eating all day. Sit at Nobu. You know I'm fucking up the Otoro, the Uni. Butterfish, all that. And then I go back to my room and I stretch for at least an hour. And everyone's like, yo, what you doing? Let's get it popping. Let's go out. Let's do this, that, and a third. Now, the crazy part is when they announced this live tour, Super Bowl had already been announced. And to get 200 rooms for all the live players, pro-am, execs, and everything, it ain't easy. Because all these damn rooms are already booked up by every fucking thing, right? Now, you understand, you know the PAF got bread. They got stupid money. So they put us in the Paris Hotel. Now, Paris Hotel ain't the greatest hotel in Vegas, but I ain't about to complain about shit. It ain't to my standards, but I know how they treated me in Chicago. I know how they're going to treat me for the rest of the tour dates that I go on for these events. Crazy thing was, someone tweeted... I just seen Ian Poulter and the Majestics and Ben Baller in the Paris parking lot. Looks like they're up to something. Now, mind you, if you know Ian Poulter and you watch Full Swing, you know this dude got like 27 Ferraris, got a bunch of whips. He's got a crazy closet, whatever else. And you got people like me, right? So they think we out there, and he's married. I'm not with no fuck shit. I'm not doing no stupid shit in Vegas. And they think immediately... That we out there, you know, doing some scumbag shit. So that was the only part that was funny. Um, by the way, Rouse, 
one of the most famous Italian restaurants, probably one of the hardest reservations to actually get over Michelin star restaurants in all of USA. They had a pop-up because of Super Bowl, and I was able to go in there. It's fucking phenomenal. Yes, Rao's spaghetti sauce. There's actual famous, you know, Rao's in uh, in uh, New York City, and it is impossible to get into. So, Wednesday morning, I wake up. Mind you, when I registered for the Pro-Am, I initially had Brooks Kepka on the front nine. I had Rom on the back nine. I get to register. Now I got Bryson DeChambeau and Kieran, um, forgot his last name, on the back nine. So I'm like, you know what? All good. I got Bryson. I ain't even tripping. So I get to the little range. They got a range, and the range only goes 20 yards. What the problem with me is it's a pretty big fence. So my driver only goes like 235, 240. Yeah, there could be some ones I whacked at a 27, 280, but it's not consistent, and I wasn't going to go all hard out, and I don't really practice driver on the range. So, you know, I'm out there, see Bubba, see uh, Ian, I see uh, Thomas Peters, and I'm standing next to Bryson, and Bryson is taking his nine iron and hitting it as pure as you could possibly imagine with the most disgusting, beautiful divots you've ever seen in your life. And it's going 185, 190. Carry. Mind you, it's raining. Low key. It's raining. So I'm like, all right. I hit my 56, 60, pitching wedge, gap wedge, and just start practicing chips. Get out to the putting green, start rolling putts, and I ain't gonna lie to you. Gotta give a shout out to my dog Nico. He hands me another Bettinardi tour putter. This is a DASS. That's the equivalent to like GSS for, for Scotty Cameron. Now, if you don't know the history behind Bob Bettinardi, he used to mill putters for Scotty Cameron. So this dude is an absolute legend. And um, they gave me this tour blade putter. And I'm knocking putts in. The greens are running 12, 12 and a half. They weren't running 13, 14 like the Masters. But they were running pretty fast, right? And I'm feeling confident. So now I go. I had an 8.30 a.m. tee time. There's a second time it's been changed. And I check. And I see Kyle from Full Send, Jermaine Curse, who I'm originally supposed to be paired with, and Salim, the dream from Full Send as well, Milk Boys, are paired up with Bryson now. So I'm like, the fuck happened? So I check the tea time. I got pushed to 12 o'clock. Now, mind you, if I'm ready to play at 8 and I woke up at 5 a.m. Because RDB always told me, wake up three hours before your round and make sure you are up at least so you have your body moving, ready to go. So I'm up at five, right? Take my little ginseng and all that shit. Thinking I got an 8.30 tea time. Now I got a 12 noon tea time. And I'm paired up with Brooks again now. Except on the back nine, I got Jason Krokak, who is a stick. Stude has won a lot of tournaments, played in the Masters, all that. And they're both on Smash GC. So... Funny thing is, I'm running over. I see every fucking person on live. You name a person on live. Cam Smith, Phil Mickelson, 
Dustin Johnson, you know, I ran into all of them. Everyone's showing crazy big love. And before I go to the tee box, I'm tired now because I've already been at the fucking practice facility. I've been at the country club for five hours. So I'm already tired. Get to the first tee. Pat Perez and his caddy give me a four aces vest because it was freezing cold. It's fucking 40 degrees. And it wasn't like when I was playing with the homies, the subscribers, when it was 38 or whatever. I'm having fun. We're chilling. There's nothing at stake here. This is a pro-am and this is being filmed. So I'm like, all right. So I put the aces, four aces vest on. I walk over to Brooks. I'm like, bro, if this is going to be a problem, let me know. Now me and Brooks never formally met. We've said what's up here and there, but like, you know, we're playing together. I'm like, all right, dog. So I get paired up with Dexter Fowler and Andrew Whitworth. Andrew Whitworth is a big time ex-football player. Dexter Fowler is a, I think, future Hall of Famer. He was on part three, baseball player. And Dexter's a four and Andrew's a, a one handicap. And they both hit the shit out of the ball. So I'm like, all right, fuck it, let's go. First shot, straight down the middle, down the middle of the fairway, probably 225 yards, carry, ended up, I don't know. I think my longest drive, because the ball was cold as shit, my longest drive of the day was, I think, 271. And that was with some help with some downwind. Now, mind you, understand, this course was semi-long, but the holes, par fives or par fours, this was a par 71. This course, almost 10 holes were playing 25 to 40 yards longer with the clubs that I had. So even the caddies that were helping me out, they were wrong by 40 yards on some shots. And I ain't gonna lie to you. I could not get my shit together. It took six holes for me to, now mind you, I made 12 out of 14 fairways, but it took six holes for me to get a fucking single final solid iron shot. And I was embarrassed. I ain't gonna lie to you. I had a good time, but you playing with a dude who has like a bully mentality with Brooks. You know, he's being nice, of course, you know, whatever. He's being paid to play a prom with some amateurs. But I had a 230-yard shot because Andrew went OB and Dexter went OB. So we're using my drive that was on the edge of the green, sitting a little bit in the rough, and we got 235 to the pin, meaning my drive went 220 yards. It's a pretty long par four. There was several long par fours. There was one that was 500 fucking yards. So there's a bunker on the left covering the green, the entire green. Take my three wood out. Mind you, it's cold. I hit that bitch with everything. Center of the fucking club. Center of the face. That bitch bounced. Got on the green. It was an amazing shot. Then, after that, start picking up a little bit. Get to the party hole. I blade my pitching wedge. Had 108 yards. Bladed the shit out of it. Hit the water. Not once, but twice. Then came out of the water at 100-something miles per hour ball speed and hit the middle of the flag. Bounced 50 fucking feet off into the rough. Still got up and down. Then we get to the final hole with me and Brooks, front nine. We all have a 
189-yard shot. That's what the laser said. And I said, the wind looks like it's kind of coming in. I have my four hybrid ready to go. And he goes, play this 205. So I'm like, 205? All right. Take out my 210, 220 club, which is my five wood. Hit that bitch as pure as possible. I striped it. Piss missile off the fucking deck. Got in the air. My caddy says, Shit, bro, I think you shot the green. Behind the green, some bunkers. I think it's going to the bunker. It's up in the air. It was a beautiful shot. There's a lake in the way. See my ball pop in the lake. Now, my caddy's brother is a caddy too, and he works at Las Vegas Country Club. Dexter Fowler is already at address. And he goes, you want to tell him? He goes, no, nah, I don't want to tell him. He's already at address. He has his 215, 220 club out. Stripes, five wood, five iron, sorry. Goes two feet further than mine into the water. So I stop Andrew Whitworth to save us from fucking losing this hole completely. And I was like, bro, stop. I'm the newest golfer, the worst golfer out of the bunch. And I say, dog, take out your 230 club. So Andrew takes out his five iron and he goes, are you sure? Because I was about to hit six. I was like, dog, that was my 220 club and I hit it all the way through. It was the number. Dexter hit his five iron and that was the number. So Andrew takes out his five iron, hits it, pipes it. 20, 30 yards, beautiful divot. Dexter's shot was beautiful too. He gets five feet short of the pin. We go in there. Look, we end up finishing the front nine minus seven. So we're like in 11th place. Not to bore you guys, Jason Krokak, reading my putts, amazing. By the time we get to the 16th hole, I'm cramping up. My legs are tired. Mind you, I'm walking eight fucking miles on Wednesday. I walked eight on Thursday. I was super fucking tired. So we end up finishing, I fucking forgot, but we were like seventh place. I wasn't even tripping. Felt shitty about it. Did what I had to do. Didn't leave the fucking course until 6 something p.m. I was almost there 12 hours. So, go to sleep early. Passed out like 9 o'clock, I think. Had a bunch of missed calls. Wake up the next morning. Get straight to the country club. And um, Bubba hits me up and he says, hey, bro, I want you to walk me today. And I was like, you know what, bro? All right, cool. I got to walk with Bryson and Brooks, a couple holes each, but I'm going to start soon some shit. I got to shoot the pregame show, but I'm going to fuck with you. I got you. Bubba's like, yo, I need some sort of new energy. I need some stuff. I brought some jewelry for the players to look at and buy. I ended up bringing a bunch of jewelry. Now, I bring on a micro Harvey Cross VS Plus with an extra or well, a thicker, one degree thicker chain. I don't want to bring some bullshit. And I said, you know what? Bubba's giving me so much shit. He's been giving me so many things. Offered to fly me out to Pensacola, chill out, play, whatever. He's such a cool dude. I was like, you know, I'm going to bless him. Bless him with a chain. Oh, you guys obviously saw he posted on his page. And immediately, first hole, stripes it. Now, mind you, the live executives, the live staff, they're telling me, Ben, do not walk on the fairway. I was like, I've walked inside the roads before, but I've always stayed out of the way. 
when you're walking in a tournament, an actual tournament, the only people that are allowed to walk on a fairway are the scorer, field marshal, the players, and their caddies. That's it. I was walking in the middle of the motherfucking fairway. He's talking to me every hole. And Bubba's, you know, one of the sheriffs was like, hey, you can't walk in the fairway. And I was like, I know, I'm sorry. Bubba's like, hey man, he's with me. This is my boy. This is my good luck charm. He's with me. What are they going to do? Tell him he can't play. That's what he said to me. So I was like, all right, cool. First of all, I'm like, hey bro, who's that on the green? He's like the oldest motherfucker out here. And I was like, all right, dog. There we go. Let's go. Now, he was paired up in his threesome with Joaquin, um, Waco, Neiman, and Sergio Garcia. Sergio is a fucking legend in golf. So these dudes are probably like, who the fuck is this? And by the way, I found out later, they asked Bubba, who is that guy? Who is that guy? You know, and they're not talking so much, talking here and there, making chit-chat. But this goes on almost every hole, and Bubba's playing well. No bogeys, nothing. By like hole four or five, Bubba's like minus three. Okay, by hole six, Bubba's like minus five. And he's like, Ben, I am on a birdie train right now and it's not the chain. I mean, it's not the shoes. It is a chain. You are my good luck. You aren't going anywhere. So we just chopped it up and it was like a different level of where I became like my importance with players and stuff like that. I never had that before. This is like, you would never understand because there's nothing else to compare that with. Sitting courtside at a basketball game isn't going to be the same thing. Not even close. Right? So I ended up finishing the night holes with him. And he goes, hey, bro. You sure you can't walk a few more holes? I'm like, nah, bro. I got, I got to go over and shoot this shit. And um, I was his good luck charm that day. In fact, for a while, Bubba was leading. He was in T1 position. and up finishing T3. But he played well. Range Goats finished top that day. And it was just an amazing experience. You know, the community, the people, how much love everyone showed me. And when the round was done, Danny Lee, Bubba, Brooks, and Bryson were the only guys on the putting green that were still practicing for a while. So I'm practicing, shooting the shit. And um, me and Bryson chopping it up. And we're just out there. And then I delivered the live promotion coins, which I couldn't deliver in Abu Dhabi because I was censored and blocked from doing that. And um, this is three new players. I was able to do that. And that was filmed. I ended up doing a post-game show with Liv. So I'm all over Liv's channels and everything. And again, the way the players had showed respect and had this new incentive to try to win either the team championship rings or the individual was crazy. And that made my entire trip because the community as a whole, nobody beefs with each other on the live tour. And it was fucking awesome. So I can't wait. I'm going to see if I can make it to Hong Kong later this month. Um, or it's like about a month. But you're going to see me in Nashville. You're going to see me in Houston. You might see me in Australia for those who in Australia listen to this show. And, um, possibly um, Greenbrier and then wherever the individual championship or the team championship is, you're going to see me there. So guys, I have a whole different perspective about Liv. Hope you guys give it a chance. When you watch the app, shot tracers are better. 
the experience, the whole way that they shoot this is better. Now, was it packed? Like the waste management? No, it's one of the most packed tours the PGA does. They've been doing this shit for fucking decades and decades, 50 years. This is the third year they're doing this. Really like the second. And it ended up being packed as fuck. So don't believe the bullshit. I'm going to call it as it is. But it was a great experience. Got to walk with Greg Norman for a few holes. And I got to say thank you to the entire live management staff and all the players. It was amazing. By the way, shout out to Nico at Bettinardi and Sam Bettinardi for this new tour, Unlucky Cat. It's fucking amazing. This shit is just wow. But my mouth is getting dry. Give me a second to recollect everything. And uh, Ma's going to play your beat real quick. We'll be right back. Pretty much done with the show. I thought about my, looking at my notes and I was looking at this shit. Adrenochrome. Have any of you motherfuckers ever heard of Adrenochrome? A D R E N O C H R O M E. I'm not even gonna tell you what it is. I'd rather have you guys Google it. This sounds like some bullshit. Supposedly blood from little babies, and I'm not gonna say their names. Such and such A list celebrities are taking it to become younger. It's, it's, Fucking cap. It's bullshit. But one of the sad things about Vegas is that I was nonstop from Monday night, I mean Tuesday morning, early morning, until Friday. And I was sad I had to leave. And I could have stayed. But you know what? Nothing is more important to my kids. Nothing. There's nothing more important than them, period. There's times I can miss, and I was supposed to be with them Wednesday, and they understood. So what I did was I switched off my days because, you know, just like, yo, Nick, we switch days, and we're at a cool place. We talk, whatever. And um, as soon as I picked them up, just I forgot about everything. I played like shit in Vegas, I'm going to get that shit dialed in. Again, going through a swing change, going through different changes. Wasn't there. Weather conditions suck. But we're going to see what I do here. I'm looking forward to this Wash Lord Invitational. That shit I already know is going to be off the fucking hook. It is going to be crazy. Now, there's more golf coming up. I do have a subscriber meetup next week. Got to figure that out. I got some personal shit going on this week that I'm excited about. We got Valentine's Day this week. Something that gives you a hint. And um, yeah, man, Jimmy, me and Jimmy had a nice little long talk. And I'm sorry, I totally forgot what I was going to tell you. Jordan and Miles were in Vegas. They got to see the M&M's ring in the M&M gallery on the strip. Took videos. And my mind was so tied up in live. And then coming back with the kids. That I'm sorry I missed Miles and Jordan. It's my dogs, man. Miles, it's man, these guys are just fucking incredible. Miles dialed in my camera. There's very little left. We're just waiting on artwork now and we're ready to go. 
There's going to be shit that we could do remotely, but we have video. You can see my goofy ass face now. You can see what I'm wearing. You can see whatever. You can see my expressions. You can see I'm just reading notes. I ain't saying shit, you know, um, just scripted, which I don't do, right? But last but not least, guys, let me tell you, if you have not watched this season of Raising Canaan, I am telling you right now, motherfuckers, you need to watch it, okay? This finale even fooled me. I had no fucking clue that this show was going to end the way it did. And let me tell you, I was like, yo, there's three minutes left in this motherfucker. What's going to happen? Ain't no way they go, like, what the fuck? I'm not going to spoil it for you, but let me just tell you, I was shocked as shit. I had no fucking idea that that show was going to end that way. 50 Cent, you are a motherfucking genius, and I'm going to watch this season again. It was that fucking good. So definitely watch this season of Raising Canaan. Friday night, me and the three kids decided to watch Karate Kid, the OG one. They've seen the 2010 version with Jaden Smith and Jackie Chan, but I needed them to watch the OG version, and they loved it. They loved it, you know. We play at golf, uh, castle golf and stuff right there in Sherman Oak sometimes. And, you know, London used to practice batting cages there. And I was showing them, like, this is where they film, you know. This is where they filmed the Karate Kid scene with the, you know, with Elizabeth Shue. And, and it was just, man, they loved it. And that, like, meant everything to me. And I was telling them, you know, like, being the underdog and all that. And that's about it, y'all. Look, man, I'm just excited to um, be recording, talk my shit to be able to win a bet. Look, I've had a pretty good start to the year. I can't even lie. And Captain Picks, IF and Co., all the shit that I got going on seems like it's jelling into place. Now, it is an election year, and I get it. I'm not trying to let that shit bother me. I'm not going to get distracted by the shit that's going on in the world. Do you want to know why? Because as soon as you start getting distracted by anything else, you forget about what the fuck is going on with you. And the most important thing that you need to focus on is you. Yes, you listening. Don't worry about what the fuck is going on in Israel and fucking Gaza and fucking all that shit. Don't worry about what the fuck is going on in Houston with that. I'm not saying you can't be compassionate. Focus on what the fuck is going on in your house. When you have that on lockdown and it's strong, then you can worry about other things. You can be compassionate, but that ain't gotta be, you ain't gotta exercise even more than 20 minutes out of your day. Focus on what's wrong and what's going on in your life. I wouldn't take 20 minutes away from hanging out with my kids to do something else that's important to someone else. I don't mind people helping people. I I, I help people all the fucking time. And by the way, shout out to Popeye. Um, sorry I had to leave the Super Bowl party. Their kids were getting cold and they were complaining. And um, I had to get them home. What I'm saying is, guys, if everyone focused on their own responsibilities, this world would be a different place. My heart go out to people that are struggling in the world, but again, need to focus on what's going on here because I can't let this ship fall apart. Other than that, guys, you already know the deal. This is not your practice life. I love you all. Cold as ice is coming soon. And meanwhile, yo, your boy is here Monday and Thursday until we rock that, and that's coming soon. All right, y'all. You hear the music. We out. See you Thursday, y'all. Peace.